Welcome to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University. This is a conversation to encourage and validate women on their ministry journeys. Now, let's join TKU's Dr. Rhonda Davis and Julie Cole for this episode of the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. Welcome, everybody, and it's so good to have you back here on the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. I'm here with my friend Julie, as usual, and we are happy to welcome another friend today, Monica Bates. Hi, Monica. Hi. I'm so glad to be with (laughs) y'all. I want to read a little (laughs) bit about her. Pastor Monica Bates has a passion to see God's people live and walk in their true identity in Christ and to experience their full identity as sons and daughters of God. I know this to be true about you. She loves to cultivate spaces for people where they can feel seen, valued, and experience a sense of belonging in a community of unity and love. She and her husband have been married for 27 years. You have three amazing daughters, and Pastor Monica serves as a pastor at a campus of Gateway Church here in the DFW area. So it's so good to have you with us, Monica. I'm so glad to be with you. I really am. I really am. Monica, you're my friend. So I'm excited about getting other people to know how wonderful you are. Aw, you're sweet. <laughs> One of the things I know about you is a little bit about your history, <clears throat> and you weren't always Pastor Monica. <laughs> You've done other things in your life, but could you unpack for us how you determined that call for ministry from other, you were in other branches working, and then how did you determine God was calling you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think it really started like in my 20s, and I was actually... My my path at first was law, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to be a lawyer. So then I did an internship, and I was a paralegal for a little while. And then that season ended, and I started volunteering at our church in Maryland. And so I was like this quasi kind of volunteer children's pastor, and I loved it. And mm-hmm. it was inner city in Annapolis. I mean, and not that Annapolis is inner city, but there was just a pocket of Annapolis that mm-hmm. had inner city life. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I connected with. And just helping the kids identify like who they are, that they're valued. And so I felt like God was like breathing on me then. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> so then like fast forward, um, uh, working again, still in the legal world, and then Uh, got married and my husband's in LA. So we lived in LA and then we volunteered there and we're always with kids and students. And the Lord was like kind of pulling me in, but I was like, what, what do I don't know. And so then my other love and passion was restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also passionate (laughs) about restaurants. (laughs) So it's just so crazy. So then I, I leapt into that world and worked with Nordstrom and got onto their management team and I loved it. And I was like, this is it. Because I just love people. I love food and I love people Mm -hmm. and connecting people with the things that they love and creating a space where people, you know, see, are seen and valued and loved and things like that. And then the Lord just really starts speaking to me, like, I really want you in ministry. And I'm like, what do you mean? And, Mm -hmm. And really didn't know until, again, another move when we went from L.A. to here. And that was 2009. And Brandon, my husband, came for a ministry, and I started working in that ministry. And then the calling just started coming more and more. And then we ended up coming to Gateway, which was fantastic for us. And God just started leading us in, me in ministry. 
And I was volunteering in our freedom ministry at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I was just like this whisper. Like if I could be part of that team one day, that would be so amazing, Lord. But it was never like a prayer, just like a a statement apart. Mm -hmm. And then started volunteering and then applied at Gateway and went on, started working in media because that was kind of a little background there. And then the Lord said, go to the ministry side. And I was like, really? And so that's, it's just so like. I love the wandering, (laughs) you know, that's how it is sometimes. Sometimes we like, it's kind of, we know for sure this is it. And other times the Lord kind of lets us learn as we go. Yeah. And so I love that. Even in that wandering though, you hear the thread of, Mm -hmm. I wanted people to be seen. I wanted to know they were valued. Even in law, you know? Yes. You're, you're. You're, You're an advocate. <laughs> yes. You're an advocate, yeah. Exactly. But that's a funny leap to go from being a lawyer to children's pastor. <laughs> it made sense in your timeline. Yeah, in my time, it made sense. Like, okay. So. Well, you're a gift to us on this uh, podcast because you're not only a woman in ministry, you're a woman of color in ministry mm. leadership. And that's more, even more rare. Yeah. I'd love to hear if you've had particular challenges or opportunities that have come to you because of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, okay, I have a quote because I yeah. was praying about it. And um, let me get it. But I love the Message Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a – well, Eugene Peterson has a book. It's called Christ Plays in 10,000 Places. Mm-hmm. And there's a line that says, God's living presence is, presence is at work in us. And I think when I encountered, like, walking in ministry as a person of color, a woman – I was like, I just reminded myself all the time that God's presence is in me, and I'm a carrier of the kingdom. I think that sometimes you do walk through, I have walked through, like microaggressions, and it's mm-hmm. always, one, it's bothered me because I'm like, like, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, how come, mm-hmm. why is this happening? But, wow, how can I help that person or this group of people with their lens and how they see people of color and women? Yeah. Because that's not, that's not the heart of the Father. Right. So it's a very sensitive place because you don't want to come off judgmental, even though you've been judged. Yeah. But you have to respond in love and respond with a kingdom answer. And um, it's interesting in Genesis, even in, in the message, you know, it says um, in the beginning, you know, first, first, um, it says, first, this God created the heavens and the earth, all you see, all you don't see. And like we're in the beginning with the Lord. His heart is for us and the presence of God is with us. And he's breathed his life on every person of color and every male and female mm-hmm. on the earth. So if God has done that, then why can't we as his children see each other the way God sees us? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really been my heart and my passion to help people understand that Yes, there is a reason why we're different colors and ethnicities. I really believe that because I think there's a sphere of influence that God wants all of mm-hmm. us to have. And I think that's the beauty of the mosaic of God's creation. However, we can't judge because that's not the heart of the Father. So again, th- for me, how can I help people mm-hmm. see people, different ethnicities, uh, women? Hey, we, we have a piece of the puzzle. Right. You know, without us, something's missing. Yeah. You know, without us, children are missing. Like, there's just like, I mean, right. the bare bones of things. So I think if that, I don't know, you know, I think that's what I 
that's that's part of my I feel my calling, you know, mm-hmm. to help people see that mm-hmm. and not to be different. Because there have been times I've walked in rooms and people really look at me like, "What are you doing here?" Mm. And it's such a weird thing to discern when you're in the church, yeah, because God says, "I belong here." In my mm-hmm. mind, in my heart, I know I belong here, but why am I walking into a room of other believers and I get this feeling, you don't mm-hmm. belong here. And that's really, um, I think that's been the biggest challenge over the years to navigate that kind of path, mm-hmm. you know, when you're feeling that. Yeah. I love how you were talking about going to, um, we talk a little bit with our students about a context filter. So, you're talking about going to the the context or the filter through which people are viewing you and and others like you and trying to do some work there. Yeah. So I'm wondering when you walk into a room like that and you sense that what do you, what do you do with that? How what do you do with those thoughts and what does that turn into practically for you as you try to get at why do they believe what they believe. Yeah. I think it's like that millisecond conversation we have in our yeah, head with the right? Lord. Okay, God, what are you, you know, it's, it goes really fast. Yeah. But I help, the Lord helps me to remind me of who I am. And then it's something my mom taught me a long time ago. It's like, just be the person God's mm-hmm. called you to be mm-hmm. and be the person you'd want someone to be to you. So then when I walk in, I'm always like, I just put my hand high. Hi, I'm Monica. How I pray mm-hmm. to meet you. And I just just want to break through it. And I would say nine times out of 10, that works all the time. But just stepping in yeah. and just overcoming it and pushing through, because I think as a person of color, it's something you deal with every day. It doesn't, mm. it, it really doesn't go away. Um, not that you encounter people, off, you know, in every space, but there's something that happens that you yeah. just have to think like, even that weird thought, even should I do this? Should I walk in that room? Should I really... Because I know the kind of response I'm going to get. And you just have to practice through your head. Okay, but then go to your heart and say, Lord, okay, you've called me here. Give me the insight. Show me what you want me to do. And I'll do that. Yeah. I'm surrendered. Wow. Hey there. The Women in Ministry Leadership Programs available here at the King's University are near and dear to our heart. They include leadership training and dialogue on tough issues facing women in ministry leadership, small group mentoring, and an annual spiritual retreat. The Center for Women in Ministry Leadership supports female students earning degrees at TKU and is designed as a gathering place for women to experience personal and spiritual growth while navigating ministry leadership. Along with that, undergraduates are invited to join a leadership program, including retreats and small group, and graduate students can add the Wimmel concentration to their degree. Visit www.tku.edu forward slash WIML for more information. You talked about microaggressions. And as I've been um, on a diversity task force with you, I've learned so much about that and how ignorant as a white person I've been. Mm. But you and others on that uh, task force have been so gracious to have an attitude where you believe the best. And in that, then it's like, oh, that would bother them if I said that. I had no idea. Or I wasn't even thinking. It's an educational moment if somebody's heart is right. And you do that so well. Mm. Um, How have you kept from becoming jaded? (laughs) 
I really, I mean, I really think it's, it's, it's God. I mean, it's like, I know what God calls us to do is to love our brother and our sister. That is the mandate. So I can't go outside of that. So I've got to, whatever I'm dealing with inside, I've got to navigate that and figure out, okay, how do I love this person well? And, and I always ask the Lord, Lord, give me eyes for the, give me your eyes for this person. And so then it takes away what I'm thinking or feeling. I lean in and I, I, I lean in with what the Holy Spirit is saying, because I'm carrying the kingdom and I've, I've just got to do, I mean, that's just me. I've just got to do that. Mm-hmm. And then that helps me navigate that world. And I, and I think to your point, but I think even people of color are ignorant too. And it, and I love it how Pastor um, Robert talks about the, there's both sides of a bottle on a label. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see Ozark on one side, but I see, you know, put together in Texas and all the things. Mm-hmm. But then if I turn that bottle around, you're going to see the other side. And I think we have to give ourselves the grace to be in that space, to be able to talk about both sides of the bottle. Yeah. Because- if we just stay on our one side, then we're there always gives the opportunity to be judgmental and mm-hmm. to point fingers and and it's like, no, you're just seeing it from this side, you know, or you're seeing I'm seeing it from this side. But if I turn it around, it's like, oh, that's what she's seeing. Oh my gosh. And then I'm I'm so sorry if I've ever said anything that offended you. You right? Of of if I've said something that was harsh and I didn't mean to say mm-hmm. it, you know, and I think that that's really helpful. But I think we have to really partner with grace. And, um, and, and that's just my thing, asking the Lord, Lord, give me your eyes and yeah. see what you see, you know, or yeah. how do you see this person? Right. Cause I may not see that person in the same way you see right. them, Yes, <laughs> you know, you're someone who there's a, different people that walk into a room. I had a mentor one time that said, Rhonda, you always want to be a person that walks into a room and says, there you are instead mm. of here I am, you mm, know, and you are someone who does that. You walk into the room so everyone can feel comfortable and you're always saying, I see you. There you are, yeah. you know, and um, and that's the case all the time. So I just appreciate that about you and about your approach to other people. Yeah. It oh, brings belonging and helps turn the bottle a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think belonging is, I mean... It's such a buzzword, you know, now, but it's really important. Yeah. Right. Because if people don't feel like they belong, then our brains always fill the gap of why you don't feel like you belong. Yeah. And then you come up with all these reasons and things that can make you feel um, rejected or thoughts of rejection. And you push yourself away where the Lord like, no, like how we're sitting at this table. God wants us at the table. You know, he Mm -hmm. has a he has a seat at the table for each of his kids and they're and they're important. And, and for me, like, that's important for people to know that they can have a seat at the table right. and, and it's available and it's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, hey, can I squeeze in? Can I, you know, it's not that. It's like, no, 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 you really do have a seat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important for mm-hmm. people to know, mm-hmm. you know. Knowing some about your history, too, I know how important freedom ministry is for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you unpack a little bit? how that's had an impact on your own life and then how you carry that in the ministry wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like with freedom ministry, it's all about, you know, how do I see God and how does God see me Mm -hmm. and God, how God sees me really never changes. It's how I see him and then how I relate to him. And I think in with that freedom ministry piece, it brings healing to your, your inner, your inner soul. Like Mm -hmm. I really am a daughter and what and mm-hmm. daughters are accepted and received and 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 walking that out it just gives you such a strength and a stability 
to walk out the calling that God has for you. I think for me, I'd walk through uh, my parents' divorce when I was 12. I lost my mom early when she was 19. So there are a lot of things that for me like felt like they were missing. Mm-hmm. And I had to walk through a freedom journey of, no, God is for me and he's with me. He never leaves me. He never mm-hmm. forsakes me. And I'm not alone. And even the Holy Spirit loves me like a mother. You know, like there's mm-hmm. that connections of being in the Trinity of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and how they really wrap themselves around me and, and keep me. And that was a freedom journey for me, you know, to understand like I'm really not alone and I'm really loved and seen and accepted. So for me, that was, that was huge in my journey. And because I've experienced that, then I want to give it out. I'm like, if I identify or see somebody that's walking through that, to be able to share, hey, no, you're not alone. And God sees you and he's with you and he envelops you. And, you know, we're here for you. And it's just, it's just so important because mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that people don't feel accepted or seen. And that's what makes people push out mm-hmm. and people walk into all different kinds of thoughts of like an mm-hmm. orphan heart or, you know, again, um, overcoming rejection and things like that. So that's a big, big piece for me. What's your favorite thing about what you do? Mm-hmm. The people. I love mm-hmm. meeting people. I love meeting people from all walks of life. Um, I love being in this area because everyone, there are people from all over the world, you know, that come yeah. here. I mean, and it was like being in DC or LA. Like, so I love that because I love hearing people's stories and because everybody's got a story and it's just wonderful to hear what God's done in people's lives and how he's walked them through different things. And so I think, yeah, it's the people. I just love people mm-hmm. and people in their, like walking in their gifting and walking in their place. So I love identifying you know, when people take spiritual gifts and things like that. And then, okay, this would be a great place for you, you know, to help people feel alive. Right. You know, it's just really important because everybody's looking for their spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so helping people find their spot, you know, mm-hmm. or their place. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's awesome. That. And at what you're saying, what you're doing, we know that everybody deals with this, but especially women in leadership deal with imposter syndrome to great lengths, right? Yeah. So some of the things that you're talking about there about identity and understanding who we are, I love that that God always sees me the same way. It's my skewed lens that can mess it up. Really um, debilitates imposter syndrome. It's speaking directly to that in terms of identity. So um, how have you ever face something like that. Like I'm convinced if they really knew me, I just, yeah. they would not want <laughs> me to keep doing this I, yeah. on the daily, you yeah. know? Yeah. So how have you dealt with some of that yourself? Yeah, it's true. I mean, even like telling you my story, I, I felt like, what? I don't even know, you know, yeah. like, because it's been we all do over that. the place, we right? We do that. But God calls us out in different yeah. ways, right? So I've got to trust, I trust the Lord. I mean, it's not me. I didn't really ask to do the things. It's just something that I felt like I was led by the Lord and I took the next step. Yeah. So yeah, I think that imposter syndrome pops up all the time. Or even yeah. when I'm walking, I've walked through, you know, trauma and grief and things yeah. like that. And, you know, you, you 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 get to a place where you're you're healed in different levels. I don't, you know, I think I'm still on a journey and I think we all are, Everyone. which is great, right? Mm-hmm. So I never want to make myself feel or make someone else feel that, oh, I've arrived, you know, and I'm helping you, you know. Right. But I think that imposter syndrome pops up if I'm ministering to somebody walking through grief and trauma mm-hmm. and and I'm like, 
And they may say something that even may trigger me. And I'm like, ooh, that's an area I need to. Oh, and then I'm like, what am I, how am I helping <laughs> you? You know, but it, but God is so gracious in that because there is, you know, there's just spaces where we've been healed and we can mm-hmm. really minister out of that healing and help people to their next level. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think in ministry, when you're, you're always going to stand before someone that may, you may feel like, can I really help them? You know, and you, sure. but it's, it's God. I mean, you're just the conduit. You're just the vessel. And it's like, God, I just want to say what you want me to say. He does the rest. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of the imposter yeah. syndrome where we, the, the last thing we want to do is step in a savior. And sometimes I think as a pastor, you forget like, yeah. I've got to, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no, it's God's going to, you know, I don't have to. So that's great. You know, all the things that you're talking about, the ways that you cope, but you have to be really good at talking to yourself, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and not be crazy. Sy- yeah, imposter syndrome. You have to kind of talk yourself down and yeah. you walk mm-hmm. in a room and you're the only black person in the room. You have to kind of talk to yourself. Yeah. So, But being able to do that correctly and hear the Holy Spirit right. requires time alone with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, what kind of spiritual practices help you in being able to connect with the Holy Spirit and hear his voice on the day, on the daily, as Rhonda says? Yeah, <laughs> on the daily. Well, quiet time, you know, with him. I do. I'm a morning person, so mm-hmm. I spend time with the Lord in the morning. Mm-hmm. But then there are things that I used to do. I've, I've taught myself to do. Like I ask the Lord, like, what should I wear? I know a lot of people say, you don't have to be that deep. And I'm like, but I do because mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I'm hearing him, you know. And it's practice. It's practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. And um, I had sabbatical last fall and I really learned really the art of solitude. And that was the most powerful thing I had mm-hmm. ever done in my life where I went away for three days and I didn't talk and except to the Lord. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't talk to people. It wasn't that that kind of engagement and just asked him questions about myself, like, where am I and why am I feeling this way or why was I leaning this way? And being able to hear his voice in so many things. And I thought, wow, this is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. everybody should have a pause, you know? And mm-hmm. like, and, and, and I think it's hitting pause during the day too. Like I think coming out of sabbatical through that solitude time, it really showed me I can pause and hear the Lord. I don't have to have this constructed time all the time. So I've put into practice kind of like three times a day to pause, like in the morning around lunchtime, let me pause before I jump it. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the night, like, Lord, did I, did I do okay? Because at the end of the day, that's what I want a well done from him. And that's helped me to pull out of like the people pleasing and like, but Lord, was it okay for you? Cause that's, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whole solitude and pausing and allowing the Lord to come into the moments has been humongous for me. How do you know that when you're, you're talking about, I'm able to hear, how do you know that you're hearing from the Lord? Well, okay. When I first started to to learn this, it was these exercises, like literally, and I would, t- I would teach my girls, I would ask the Lord, what is his favorite color? And I would hear a color. And I remember teaching my girls when they were little, okay, let's do this exercise. We're going to hear God. And they're like, what? And then, <laughs> so I said, ask God what color, what his, what his favorite color is. And so often I would have them write it down and like hide from each other and they would come up like blue, but each of them heard blue. Hmm. And it's so simple because God speaks through his word and he can speak through nature. Like there are different ways that God speaks to us. 
And for me, it's, it's often nature, um, mm-hmm. music, worship, um, but even like secular music too, because there's some songs that I just start crying. I'm like, Why am I crying? And it's, mm-hmm. but it's like the love of the father comes mm-hmm. through, you know? So I think just training myself, I've just done those daily things like, Lord, if I was a kitchen utensil, what would I be today? You know, and it's like, give me a spoon. I mean, it's like, it sounds so random, but it's so cool that he speaks yeah. to us, you know, in different ways. But that's how I've done. I've just trained myself to hear his voice. And then his word is always going to align with his word. I mean, and be when confirmed. And right. be confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something that's just off and crazy. It's like, no, it's always going to line up with his word right. and be confirmed. Yeah. 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 I love that. You practice all the time. That's what you're. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. I yeah. Because I think it's just so important. It's like, I think about like, like I played piano when I was young and I was in competitions, but then I just stopped around my teenage years. Now, could I play the piano? Oh, not really. Cause I didn't practice, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, you really have to practice in the things that we're doing. I mean, you look at the, I mean, we went right through all the basketball games, football seasons, and it's like, those guys practice every day often Mm -hmm. early in the morning late at night watching the videos of themselves and looking at other teams like they are practicing all the time so why wouldn't we as believers or even us as in the ministry as pastors and leaders Mm -hmm. why wouldn't we practice all the time Mm -hmm. you know and want to get into the final four you know like and win you know it's i just feel like that's the calling you know that god has for us so i think it's really important for us to lean into that and to practice and we can't do what we do if we don't hear God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, and I, I think that's what's so u- unique about ministry and being in ministry. Like, I mean, it's for everyone, but I feel that extra, like, as sure. a pastor and a leader in ministry, I, I've got to hear the voice of the Lord yeah. and the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit. And, and as the word says, he leads us into truth. Like, that is important, you know, for us to lean into. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful in a world that can get really sideways about what ministry really is. Yeah. You know, that I can just show up and use my talent and make it happen. And, make it happen yeah. and I will draw. You know, there's yeah. a difference between that yeah. and living in a daily um, understanding and practice and hearing the Lord and aligning with scripture. Yeah. That's what we do. Right. Yeah. So it's more than just a moment. So it's, it's a, that's powerfully counter to some of our church culture right now. And yeah. um, I think is at the heart of God. Yeah. We have uh, several women that have written to us that are listening to this and have questions about just how they should pursue the call of God. And what would you say to a, a woman who feels God's call on her life? Um, how would you mm-hmm. counsel her? I think lean into what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I believe like, I believe in the spiritual gifts test because I think it's so important to understand how God's wired you and everyone is wired differently for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then I think connect with those that are in ministry in some kind of mentor or small group and, and just start asking a lot of questions because it's all about discovery, a discovery of yourself and discovery of what God's calling you to so I think if if those women can find women that are, you know, in it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and connect and 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 just start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I think those of us that are in it need to be open mm-hmm. and available. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I we just can't be so busy 
Right. You know, that we don't have time for the next gen. I just, that's just not, it's, it's not, for me, it's not okay because we have to be able to pass the baton. Right. And, and walk this out together. And so I think it's, it's both and I think it's the, it's the next gen leaning in. And then those that are, those of us that are not so next gen, (laughs) (laughs) we're being available, you know, to, to, to answer questions and go to lunch or, do a group once a month or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to help people grow, you know, yeah. and I think that's huge. I think it's so huge. My name is Jelani Lewis, and I'm a campus pastor at Gateway Church and a student at the King's University. God can open doors any way that he wants to, but one of the ways that he opens doors is through education. We should love the Lord God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. This is a part of me loving God with my mind. Education and experience combination is absolutely pivotal for that growth. What is God saying to you right now and what does it look like for you to be faithful? Education is key in that process. There are some women who are just at the first part of saying, yes, what do I do? Yeah. And maybe there are women who are in the middle of doubting. Like I said, yes, I got into this and what am I doing? You know, um, what would you say to those who are maybe feeling troubled or feeling like "Ah, maybe I missed it? I don't know. Yeah. I I think, again, I go back to the the practices like solitude, like Mm -hmm. you've got to get away in here because there's so many voices, you know, and getting away and hearing, asking those questions of the Lord, those deep questions like, what am I doing? Why mm-hmm. am I still here? What What is this season? And really, what's my assignment? Because sometimes I think that we get like the seasons and the assignment incorrect because a season, as we know, could be three months, like in the, in the natural, but there may be an assignment and you got to ask the Lord, what's my next assignment? And mm-hmm. is my assignment done? Mm. You know, and if it's not, then he's going to give you the tools to to walk it through. Right. I mean, we all get discouraged in our roles. And I think, again, finding finding that confidant, someone you can really talk to. Right. And just really be kind of bare bones about it. Yeah. And not feel like you're going to be judged or, you know, um, I don't know, someone making you feel bad about right. having those feelings. I think I think when you're in that 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 weird place of like, what am I doing? We all, like I said, we all get there sometimes. And I think it's just having that safe place to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's good. That takes courage. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. just own what it is you're feeling. Yeah. You know, and own. that doesn't mean just because we doubt what we're doing sometimes doesn't mean we're doubting the one who sent us. Exactly. We're just, you know, looking for yeah. some direction. That's it, good. Yeah. And I think in that doubting, like, I love the word courage because that the word cur, it's heart, you know, in mm-hmm. Latin. And I always think it's God's heart in us. When he gives us courage, he puts his heart in us. Mm. And I think that it's that it's really practicing his presence and, and practicing the remembrance that he's with us. He's given us his heart. He's given us his calling and helping people remind them of that. Because when you're in that doubting place, there's some part of us, I think, that's pulled away from the Lord, mm. like turned away out of whatever. It could be shame. It could be sin, doubt, all those things. But you, you've kind of turned away. But then we turn our heart back towards him and he's like, there you are. Yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's a big piece too. Hmm. Yeah. 
as we it's so awesome to talk with you monica i always every time we talk i glean something and feel so encouraged and mm-hmm. i just wonder as we close if you would be willing to say a prayer over our listeners um to remind them of who they are yeah um just to remind them of who they are and the way god sees them would you do that for us yeah i love to yeah well father i just thank you lord um for this time and lord i thank you for those are listening. Father, I just pray that just over the next few days, Lord, from the time they're listening, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would draw them close, Lord, that you would remind them of who they are, that they are your daughters and your sons, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you've placed your heart in them. Lord, I thank you that your kingdom is in them. And Lord, I pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives on the earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray, Father, that you would open up opportunities, Lord, and and bring people across their paths, Lord, that would confirm your word. And that, Lord, you would help them even lean into maybe groups, Lord, where they can come together and collect uh, their thoughts together and and pray together. So, Father, I thank you for those that uh, have a heart for you and have a heart for ministry. And, Lord, I just thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. So good. And thank you to all of you who are listening. And we pray that if you're someone who's trying to figure out what God is doing in your life, if you're wondering about saying yes to God's call, or maybe you're in a place of doubting, we just encourage you to um, find a friend along the journey. And we are praying for you and with you, and we want you to be encouraged today. So if you've enjoyed the conversation, we encourage you to subscribe. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University, a school committed to encouraging and validating women on their ministry journeys. To learn more, visit tku.edu.